It was Francis Schaeffer who asked, how should we then live? His book of the same title responds to the cultural radical shift in our culture from modernity to postmodernity. It seems many are asking closely related questions in our culture. How should we then think? The world is very, very confused. On the one hand, there is a cry for diversity, but then these same people can be decried for group thinking. So which is it? Can I think for myself or do I have to think according to what ethnic group I am a part of? And if this is true, Houston, we have a problem. What should someone like myself, made up of two different ethnicities, think or believe? Please join us today as we take this time to stop and think about it. Hello, anybody home? I think McFly thinks. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. What were you thinking? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Don't say anything now. Just think about it. You're listening to Stop and Think About It. A podcast for the Christian thinker. In a day when sound biblical preaching has been replaced by man-centered entertainment. And the church has become increasingly anti-intellectual. This podcast will encourage believers to think biblically and theologically. So please join me as we get ready to stop and think about it. Today, we continue with part two of Racial Relations. I'm your host, Phil, the Bronx Expositor, with Glenn, the West Indian wordsmith. Glenn, it seems that there are many churches that are jumping on the cultural bandwagon, allowing the culture to dictate the thinking of God's people and even the worship of God in the church. A friend of mine reminded me that the culture only looks at the church to join the mission of the culture and will use the church to support things such as Planned Parenthood, LGBTQA+, having them wave their flags over their churches and marching with Black Lives Matter. Other than that, they could not care one lick about the church. You see, they want us to worship their idols, which God forbids. The world really wants to silence the church that is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church has no business joining with the world because the world is a rebellious group against God himself. Yeah, yeah. And so ask me again that same question you had before. Now, the the, 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 the goal back is this, the church, the fact that, yes. you know, we can look at it as people of God. Yes. So the ones who are listening to us are people of God and say, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's outside the church. Let's focus on the things in the church because we're all united. And it's no, 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 no. One of the biggest things right now that's pushing from the same group that's doing this out there, the Black Lives Matter in the church is this idea of diversity. Right. And that sounds like a, it's a beautiful word, right? Diversity. We, who wouldn't want to be diverse? Oh, all right. Actually, I, I do really love this word diversity. And what we see is, I, I did some uh, teaching on this in the church as well. Uh, God made a, a diversity of people. So we could start looking at the diversity of gifts and talents. So Glenroy, you have gifts and talents that I do not have. And I guess God gave me one or two that maybe you don't have. And maybe we have some that are similar that we both have, maybe to different. Only one or two? <laughs> to, to different degrees. I don't know who's, I mean, God knows the number. I don't. <laughs> l- l- let's just say, I don't know when you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, just look at what First Corinthians says about the body. 
I mean, if everybody was a hand and everybody was a foot, you know, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. So just think there's different gifts and talents that God has put in people. So there's diversity there. There's diversity in ethnicity. Uh, There's diversity in strengths and talents. And that is why the body of Christ can uh, get many things done because we are all different. And there's things that I can't do that others can do in an incredible way. And I wouldn't even know where to start with certain things. And so we each have our roles in the church and we each have our places. But not everybody thinks the same. We're not like a group tank. We're not like a group think. And we bring just like we have our the officers at our church. We all bring different things to the table and we all help each other. Right. So 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 I'm with you. So once again, you're talking about diversity of talents and gifts and abilities. I'm with that, right? We're talking about diversity of opinions. I'm with that. Right? But that's not the diversity they're talking about. <laughs> they're talking about the diversity of color, which is the most important thing in the entire world. Sure. Oh, all right. So now, when I was in Bible college, I went to a predominantly black church, uh, except for maybe me and maybe somebody I brought with me. Um, you know, everybody else was black. It was in Philadelphia. And I really enjoyed myself and I was really embraced by the people. And there's this mindset that if you have an all white church, that there's something wrong with you. But in all reality, a church in a community should look like it should represent the people in that Mm. community. So (laughs) if there is a church that's predominantly all Caucasian, then people go, Oh man, you don't have enough diversity in your church. Um, Okay. Well, there's not, (laughs) there's not many people of color around where we live. So should we drive two hours into the city and bust people in? Mm. Do we have also uh, black pastors that are crying out, man, I don't have enough Caucasian people in my church. I'm not diverse enough. I have never heard that. And that has never been brought up as an issue or a question or a problem. And I'm telling you, when I was first saved, I was looking for a black pastor. And I said, I got to have a black pastor. I had no reason. There was no logical reason. There was no theological reason. I just felt like I got to find a black pastor. And after a while, I said, I got to find a pastor because there's a lot of bad pastors. But you made an excellent point. It's the, 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 you got to understand biblically that it's the local church. So if the local church is in China, I, you wouldn't go to a church in China, which is probably hard to find because the way they're oppressed. But let's say you go to a church in China, South Korea, and you wouldn't go in there and say, hey, a lot of Koreans in here. What's, this ain't diverse enough. That's right. What's the deal with that? Yeah, you know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't go to mi- the middle of Spanish Harlem or wherever and say, "Hey, not enough black people, only a lot of Spanish." There, 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 there are specific reasons why that happens. If I go to a ch- Haitian church, right, it would not make a lot of sense because I do not speak that language. Go to a Spanish church wouldn't make a lot of sense. It, are you gonna you gonna go high high and low to find a Spanish speaking black person just to keep the diversity going? No, we are looking to get the people in the community to come to worship the Lord. The minute we start saying, "Gotta have a, a, a slim one," "Gotta have a big one," "Gotta have a, a lot of women," okay, we're not diverse enough for women. With the minute, not enough children. The minute you start doing that, you're not a church. You are a 
um, a a center. A lot of these churches call themselves centers, your community center. Yes. And you're you, you're you're trying to fulfill things that is not gospel. And here's why people do that, because they're starting with the culture and that they're not starting with the scriptures. I don't even think they have a Bible in there. <laughs> you see, if you start with the culture, then you're going to come out with, you know, where's all the diversity? If you start with the scripture, then you're going to say, I don't need to, I shouldn't be looking for a black pastor, a white pastor, a Hispanic pastor, an Asian pastor. I should just be looking for a biblical pastor. And, right and I want to look for the most biblical pastor, perhaps practically speaking, as close to my home as I can, as I can be. Um, you know, not that I got to, you know, drive four hours away. You know, because I want I want to go to this this pastor's church. No, if there's yeah. a biblical ch- pastor in your neighborhood, then then go there and be faithful. You mm-hmm. know, and and depending on what neighborhood you know that's in, then you want to reach people in that neighborhood because your church is established in that neighborhood. Now, now let's say for for instance, there is a church, yes, and the neighborhood is diverse, and for whatever reason, just all white. Or all white, one black person. Now, what what is what do you do with that? Like, let's let's think about it from the secular, from the you know critical race theory thought, and then how we should look at it biblically. Yeah. So, if there was a church in a vicinity in a community that, let's say, in Queens, like where our church is, there's mm-hmm. more ethnicities in the borough of Queens than of all the the boroughs of, of New York city. And if we only had one ethnicity of people and we have a plethora all around, uh, I think something would look a little backwards there. Uh, it would look like we're only targeting uh, a certain ethnic group and reaching that ethnic group. And personally for me, there are churches, they only reach out to certain ethnic groups. And I just, I don't like that. I, I would go so far as to say that's not biblical because we're supposed to make disciples of all the ethnicities of the world. And so if you have all these ethnicities around you, I don't just go, all right, well, we're a Korean church. So I'm, I'm only going to go reach Koreans. That, but, 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 but is that racist? Is that in automatically racist? I wouldn't say it's automatically racist. Um, I would try to be compassionate and understanding. Maybe they only preach in Korean, so <laughs> they're only going to get Korean people in their community because they want it to be a Korean church and they're targeting that. Um, I personally wouldn't do that. Uh, I would just try to just reach everybody um, for Christ. And that's what we do. We go into the highways and the byways. We compel them to come in in our vicinity. I, I, I 100% agree with that. Once again, like I said, we're jumping around a little bit, and and, and I don't want to get too off. But sure. I, when I was first was saved, I, there was a, there was a bunch of people who were. I have a heart to reach the Jewish people, right, right, and they're going out and they're evangelizing and they're hitting and, you know, like I said, my point isn't is that right or wrong. It's th- there are reasons, and 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 t- to start, Pastor Peter told me this once. And he, no, he said it in a Bible study, and it hit me because I do that all the time. Mind reading, judging. That's what the judgment part is. Isn't judging righteously. Hey, cheating on his wife, and he beat her outside on the road. We don't need to, like, there's not a judgment to say that what he's doing is wrong, right? But, hey, I saw him with a young, with a young girl the other day. He's automatically cheating. That That's a judgment based on, like you said, not proper facts right and that's the judgment that god is talking about and that's the judgment that we are doing sure 
And we need to be very careful about that because we we want to make judgments, but we never want to be judged. Mm-hmm. And 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 look, if there is a church out there that's specifically turning away people, because I haven't met that church, because <laughs> the argument that I've been heard hearing is church is all about the money. <laughs> so the only color a lot of these um, bad churches are involved in is green. <laughs> and so I don't know a lot of churches who are saying, you know what, we're good. <laughs> we got enough. So the argument, I think, once again, we have to stop and think about it. The argument isn't, well, the church isn't diverse enough. It's that you are somehow not, not allowing someone in. If they're if, now, if you're not allowing someone in, it's good point because of their ethnicity. There we go. It's a good point, right? Yeah. But that's not. But that's what they're implying, right? But right now, we are a godless country. We have a serious problem of not going to church. We have a serious problem of people not bowing to knee to the creator. And now you're telling me that one of our other problems is not that we should be going to the highways and byways again to everybody, but that it depends and we have to have the right ratio. Yes. 60, 40, 70, 30. Got to have at least 30% black to to reflect the nation. Right, right. And it sounds more like that you're implying a quota on the Bible. You're right. implying a quota on the church. Uh, you, listen, you might have a quota for your business, but uh, that quota is not connected w- with the church of Jesus Christ. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus had 12 disciples, right? And at the end of three years, he had 11. Uh, I guess he didn't meet his quota. And then he had, at one point, had 500 people follow him? <laughs> yes. And after one sermon, they were like, yeah, mm, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> uh, check, please. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, you know, that that is a serious problem. And so when you think about the Church of Jesus Christ, um, you're thinking that people that love the Lord want to be together. They want to join together. They want to sing together. They want to learn scripture together. They want to memorize the word together. They want to meditate on the things of God together. They they want to be together. And in the early church, when we had times of persecution, I think it was the Roman guards who were throwing Christians into the Colosseums to be ripped apart by animals. They noticed and said of the Christians, oh, how they love one another another. And so we have a love in the body of Christ. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And so we have something in the church that the world is trying to get in all the wrong ways. They're trying to get it through protest. They're trying to get it through laws. uh, They're trying to get through education. They're trying to get it through sports. They're trying to get it through food. But here's what I love. There is Unity and diversity in the Trinity. Wow. Woo! Gotta say that three or four times. (laughs) There's unity and diversity in the Trinity. Amen. And so this triune God is the one that brings us together. And he says, love one another as I have loved you. The world will know that you're my disciples in the way and the manner that you love one another, because the world doesn't know that kind of love. They know selfishness. 
Now, now we dealt with this in another podcast, but once again, we're we're in this idea of the church, and you know, we're not exempt from all of this stuff. One of the things we talked about, and I think you're gonna remember this, is about this idea that I'm I'm attending this church. Eh, everything seems fine, but historically, historically, look back. I I don't know why they're doing the research, but they found out that Grace Baptist at in the nineteen nineteen twenty somebody there did something racist or they didn't have any black members. Now, today, Grace Baptist or said church needs to repent of the sin of the historical um, racism. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing some things on videos recently of um, a bunch of Caucasian people on their knees crying out for forgiveness from their black brothers and sisters. Uh, they didn't do anything <laughs> uh, personally to them, um, mm-hmm. but they're trying to repent of something that may have happened. And it may have a long time ago. The Bible says that the soul who sins, it shall die in Ezekiel 18. It reads now, suppose this man fathers a son who sees all the sins of his father that he has done and he sees it and he does not do likewise. He does not eat upon the mountains or lift up his eyes to idols of the house of Israel. Doesn't defile himself. In other words, he doesn't do all the same things that his father did. Well, then this man is not condoning. He's not complicit in his father's sins. As for his father, because he practiced extortion and robbed his brother and did what was not good among the people behold he shall die for his iniquity yet you say to me why should not the son suffer for the iniquity of the father this is exactly what is being said right now and it absolutely is amazing that god's word already dealt with the answer before the question and the accusation came i don't know how that happens maybe because Uh god is the author of the scriptures He says, when the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to observe my statues, he shall surely live. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. It's kind of kind of hard to argue with that, isn't it? They don't they don't go that they go to the little cookie cutter verse that they can find randomly out of context. And then they shoot that around where even the image bearer of God verses is misused to then elevate one image bearer from another right and, and, and no 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 we are we're all equal i think i think i i think if if if, if we if we ju- if we pivot once again let's pivot now back to the secular to the world um you know or, or even with the when we talk about in context with the church okay well, then you can't blame one grace baptist church for every other church it's like i can't say i went to one pentecostal church and it was really horrible that means that every pentecostal person is evil horrible or i go to a reformed church and it was very dry and it was very you know ungodly and that means every reformed church is no no we we got that's not that's not the way that we decide these things so l- let's piggyback now to the secular to the to, to the issues at hand and and i'm glad we made some of these clarifications so uh, based on ezekiel yeah based on these alleg- allegations the person who killed george floyd he did it Yes. He is the one that's responsible. 
He is. He is the one that committed the murder, the abuse of power. Then you can, by extension, say the other people that were with him may have abused power or or aided or whatever laws or whatever sin that they may have committed. They did that. Yes. Can you indict every police officer because of what one did or what two did? That's the experiment. (laughs) They're saying we're going to try. We're going to try our hardest to do that. But that's not what Ezekiel 18 says. I I agree with that 100%. (laughs) But see, when people don't use God's word as their standard for righteousness, their standard for law, then you could just be a law unto yourself. Right on. Right? Because if we were watching the looting that was taking place, right? I was watching in Philadelphia. Well, in the area that it was, I saw there were a lot of black people that were looting an area. That does not mean that every black person is going to loot and steal. Or if I saw a Hispanic person or if I saw a Caucasian person doing it, um, that doesn't mean that every Caucasian is a thief or every Hispanic is a thief. It just means that that person who did it is guilty as Ezekiel 18 states. And that person should pay the penalty for what that person has done. And everyone would agree with that. You know why? Because one of the arguments going on now is, hey, I'm peacefully protesting. I'm not one of those guys who are looting and rioting. Well, you guess what? You are taking one police officer, one group of people, one person and representing the entire race, an entire profession. Now we're seeing videos of protesters, and I'm saying those are your representatives. They represent you. They're examples of what you want to do. And in, in a biblical sense, that is true because we are all sinners and evil at heart. That's, the, that's one of the things that's frustrating about this is that we're all the cops that did this because God is restraining us. There's no one here who can rightfully say, I would never do that. I don't have this in my heart. Right. Right. And so when um, Isaiah repented in Isaiah chapter six, because he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And I mean, if you're standing among the beauty of God's glory and God's holiness, I mean, what would you do? And look what he says. He says, I am woe is me, which basically means cursed is me. I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, but look what he says. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And he realized he was filthy in the sight of God's holiness. And like you said, we're all filthy in the light of God's holiness. Each and every one of us are sinners before God. But it is interesting that the very thing that the world does not want to ascribe to itself, right? The world doesn't want us to say, well, uh, the rioters are representing the protesters, <laughs> but you're saying that one cop represents all the cops. And so there's a, I mean, does it smell stick. that? It doesn't I think stick, it though. smells like hypocrisy. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, listen, you got to smell what people are stepping in when they make that kind of leap. So uh, brother Nick, also known as the Puerto Rican Puritan, sent me this. 
from the Washington Post. It says, know your facts. In 2019, fatal police shootings consisted of 1,004 people that were shot. 41 of them were unarmed American citizens. Of the fatal police shootings of unarmed individuals, 10 were black, 20 were white. I don't think I see many marches taking place for the Caucasian people. 89 police officers were killed in the line of duty. Don't think we saw any marches for those people. Do you see why the bar is so low? Because you're saying black lives matter. God's word says all lives matter. And I don't want to be insensitive by saying that. So don't, don't hear insensitivity, please. Cause I'm not trying to be insensitive or, or, or a better way of saying it is every single life matters. Absolutely. Because we're image bearers of God, which is the highest bar that we can have. Floyd was an image bearer and the cop that killed him was an image bearer. And the cops that were complicit with him were image bearers. And the onlookers were image bearers. And all those that saw the injustice, we are all image bearers of God. And so where do we go from there? Well, when an injustice is committed, it is sin. And when sin is committed, it needs to be dealt with by the law. The world has decided that it's going to deal with sin by committing more sin. Mm. It's beyond two wrongs don't make a right. A sin was committed. And so now I'm going to use this opportunity to sin to my heart's content. And when you give people rope to loot and steal, they will because the police were standing down. Yes. So, so, so so, So that's what I wanted to ask. So from a biblical perspective, Right, not our personal, not how we feel, sure. not you know, but from a biblical perspective, is now once again I'm giving them everything. Let's say we were able to prove definitively that he's a racist, that it was motivated. He planned it. He went out there and he was going to kill a black man that day, and he knew that black man, and that and he was going to kill that black man for his own racist thing, and it was just going to happen that day, and he did it, and. Everyone is justified in saying, hey, this is indicative. It is. Like, we have facts and numbers to back up that this is happening every day in every city by a majority of cops. We can't argue about everybody. But let's say of every precinct, 10% of the precinct is racist, and they're doing this, and it's a regular occurrence. Let's give them that. Okay? Rioting. Defund the police. um, Looting. Uh... Destruction of property, property, all of these are the same things. Pastors, locking arms, um, 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 politicians, uh, Netflix, all these different things that are being done to rein this in. Are they justified? Is that righteous given those given those facts? It's, it's all the wrong answer. Amen. I agree with that. And it's the wrong answer because it's an unbiblical response. Correct. And the world is going to do what the world is going to do. And if you give them rope to sin, they're going to sin as far as you will let them sin. Right. Is it revenge? All the things I mentioned are revenge. They're vengeful. (laughs) And what does the Bible say about vengeance? Vengeance is the Lord. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Lord. Amen. Amen. Right. But some people are very impatient and they don't want to wait. Now realize, no one's getting away with 
anything ultimately at the end of the day. Everyone will have their day in court. And if not here, they're going to be court-martialed, if you will, in the tribunal of the triune God. No one is going to get away with anything. Their thoughts, their words, and their deeds will come before the Council of the Trinity. Is there any justification to loot and rob and destroy public property? No, because just think about it. Let's say, or stop and think about it. There was a particular man that used his life savings to open up. Maybe it was a restaurant, but it was some kind of business. And they they destroyed it. And I don't believe he had all the insurance and everything of that nature to go with it. So in that sense, they put their knee on his lifeline of money and income and they destroyed his life. They didn't physically kill him, but they economically killed him. Mm-hmm. How did that make anything better? That man had nothing to do with it, but they rioted, they looted, and they took away his entire livelihood because they were angry because many people use it as an opportunity to sin and they were not stopped in doing it because they were told as the police to kind of stand down and try to keep the peace. But listen, Romans 13 tells us concerning why we have the police. And it says thus, whoever resists, Actually, let me start from the beginning. Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. There's police. Mm -hmm. For there is no authority except from God. There's the authority. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Mm -hmm. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. Only ministers of the gospel and if you will, the police are servants of God in that respect. Not that all police officers are Christians. There are, although there are some for sure, but they are God's servants in the sense of punishing that which is wicked and protecting that which is law-abiding. Yep. And so just, it says, for he is God's servant for your good, for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Yeah, and I would ultimately agree with that. I would say that's what they're there for. I'm I'm sorry, but they've done studies and the black community, I hate using their terms, the communities where people of color are call the police more than any other group. Why? Because there's a trust that there's danger. Something's happening out of my control and I'm going to call the governing authorities because they're going to be the impartial juror in the situation to protect me or to stop this, stop the abuse, to stop the robbery, to stop whatever. So you can't on the one hand say, hey, I'm in danger. The first person I'm going to call is not my Uncle Tom, but the police 
who don't know me from anything. And I'm going to trust that in this situation, at least this one situation, they're going to help me. And then on the next hand, say they are the ones causing all the trouble. And I'm afraid to even walk outside my house because they're there. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. What did the um, Bodhi say? That dog does not hunt. That's what he said. That dog don't hunt. So. One of the things, and we have to give a little bit of understanding, right, to what's happening in the society at large. One of the things that they're saying is, and, and, and this part I do understand, that because these police officers, these institutions are placed in authority and we're supposed to trust them as the arbiters of God's justice, I think that's one of the things that I'm with them on. That when you see a police officer do this and abuse the authority they give, that's the part, that's the thing that's frustrating and hurtful and painful about this. Not the race, not all the other things that are bringing up, but the fact that you are God's ministers, you're God's arm of justice upon the earth, and you're then performing injustice. Sure. And in that we're in agreement. It's, it's all the things that you guys are adding on to it that we disagree with. And I think that's where we need to get to it. Do we agree that it's bad? Do we agree that it's injustice? Yes. Why is it so heinous? Yeah. Because their job is to protect us. It's sin. Yes, we're in agreement. On Absolute that. sin. And Amen. again, um, we, I think everybody is in agreement. The world is calling it injustice. We would agree with that. But we would say injustice is sin. So we would take it to the highest level because then uh, when you take it to that level, then it's a violation, not just of man's law, but of the law of God itself. And you can't get any higher than the law of God and the righteousness of the Lord. Now, there are sometimes we think and we look and say, man, look at all this rioting going on and look at all the things that are taking place. And we think, man, everybody's getting away with stuff, but no one's getting away with anything. And in Psalm 73, um, I believe it was a Psalm of Asaph, he notices that the wicked are just enjoying the fruits of wickedness. Uh, they're not stricken like the rest of mankind. Uh, they seem to have fat and sleek bodies, if you will, which means they're they're well taken care of. They're, they're eating well. Um, they don't have pangs until death. Their heart overflows with follies. They, they speak malice and they're doing all of these things to dishonor the Lord. And even in their mind, they're saying, how, how can God know? I mean, the rioters, they had no fear of God in their eyes. They're, they're rioting. They're breaking hmm. down things. There was no fear hmm. whatsoever. And these people have in their minds, is their knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are wicked, always at ease. They increase in their riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean, washed my hands in innocence. But then here's what the psalmist says. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. Truly, you set them in slippery places. You made them to fall into ruin. How they're destroyed in a moment, swept away by utter terrors, like a dream when one awakes, O oh Lord. When you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. My soul was embittered when I pricked in heart. I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. And so in the end, the wicked are going to get what's coming to them. They're going to get what's coming to them. So should now 
if I saw who looted this person's store, should I go now and loot their house? Should I burn their house to the ground? No, no, because that's me taking vengeance into my own hands. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Either we believe that or we don't believe it. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, defund the police. Okay. Wonderful. All right. That is vengeance. That is, that is, well, you hit me where it hurt. I'm going to hit you where it hurts. Okay. You look, you want to march and you want to have a peaceful protest and you want to reform some of the rules and, hey, feel like cops seem to always get off. Okay. You want to reform the rules so they don't have automatic uh, six years in court. Okay. You want to, you know, rescind some of this, uh, the, um, uh, police uh, unions, some of this, uh, the protections that they have. Okay, we can disagree about some of that. I think some of the protections are there for a reason. <laughs> there are good reasons why um, that happens. But okay, you want to have d- discussions about that? Amen. But everything I'm hearing is defund the police. Let's punish them. And dismantle. Yeah, dismantle. We don't even want any more police officers because the, the, op- the, the office of the police officer is the problem. Okay, and so therefore that's going against Romans 13. And what yeah. what pray tell would the world want to replace that with? A security officer with a flashlight? Yeah, yeah. Oh, a flashlight because he might hurt someone's eyes with the light. <laughs> yeah, so, like now like, you're gonna a, have like to a, use a notepad. That's right. Now you're gonna have to use green light. It doesn't. It's not as bright as the white light. And so when you allow people once again um, to not have to face the wrath of law they will go to their heart's content to sin. I mean, when you allowed people to murder their children, the abortion clinics were filled. The safest place uh, for a child should be the womb of a mother. And for too far too many, it's become a tomb. And I'm going to go there. Unfortunately, there's a lot of black children that are being killed. Don't their lives matter too? Well, well, you know, uh, Planned Parenthood stands with Black Lives Matter, and they made a point to say that. And I almost fell off my chair when I saw that. Hypocrisy, because they're killing tons of black children. They don't stand with black people. They kill them every day of every year. Th- those lives don't matter, though. Apparently there's no, there's no color when you're, <laughs> when you're a fetus. There's no color. Right, right, because they foolishly don't know fetus means offspring, and we are all offspring of our parents. And so it disgusts me because the founder of Planned Parenthood was a racist and actually said that black people are like human weeds to be exterminated. And yet you have an organization that's founded after her that says we stand with black people, and yet they're killing black people. It's not like they reform their ways and only are giving out mammograms and pap smears and you know, different medical things to women. I, I have not checked, but I, I don't think they have um, apologized for their sin of racism. People are are, no. are, are apologizing that that don't, that don't even know what racism is, but they, they have not. But anyway, one of the things I also want to bring some some logic to, once again, I, I don't want to sound flippant. Like I said, it's a delicate situation, but, but I'm also telling you that the, the things of God are important and I'm going to fight for that, right? One thing you got to think about is this. Another thing they're not stopping and thinking about is that you are implying that the police are the problem. Would mean they have to understand the police was not de- 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 created in America. 
Every single country has a police force of some kind. So, 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 so what happens is people do not understand the history, they don't understand the context, and they're saying, "Well, we're going to defund the police, we're going to remove the police, we're going to get rid of it because they're the because they were created for." No, 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 no. Every country has a police force. It, 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 it but once again, Roman 13 is a God-ordained institution. You're not just fighting against racial injustice right now. What you're saying is, God, you didn't do it right. And we know better. And we can police ourselves. When the history of man has proven that's not possible. That's not right. I'm, and I'm sorry. I, I, I know for a lot of people who it's going to be, you're going to take this podcast and be very offended, very taken aback. And you're going to say, well, we're not understanding the pain. But I'm trying to explain to you that I've given myself over to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is, he is my concern. And everyone's my concern. We care about all things. But we're called to defend him, just like how he died on the cross for us. He made the ultimate sacrifice for us. And who are we not to make the sacrifice for him? It says, cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. Mm. And that's what a child of God would do. They would cast their cares upon Christ, because Christ cares more than we ever could about things that are sinful that take place in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, to let our requests be made known unto God. Mm. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, God, our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And, you know, we went down to the Barclays Center um, on Saturday, and there was actually someone who tried to take our speaker, our amplification, and move it to another place and say, you can't preach here. You're preaching over there. And he was, you know, somebody who was there to protest. And he said, I'm here for a reason. I'm here to protest. I said, well, we're here for a reason, too, you know. We are Protestants. We've been protesting a lot longer than y'all. <laughs> exactly. And we're here to preach the only message that could change the heart of humanity. And then about a thousand people show up and we saw them all go down and bow their knee, I guess, in representation to what happened to George <laughs> Floyd. Oh, not to Lord Jesus Christ. No, oh, okay. but one day, yeah. ah, I'm glad you brought that up. One day that's going to happen. Mm. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I heard the chantings of... You know, um, what do we want? Justice. When do we want it now? And then no, you know, no justice, no peace. But listen to what the scripture says. Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see how the disparities of the world find their perfection in the gospel Mm -hmm. all day and twice on Sunday? You have a bigger problem if you don't have peace with God. Right on. Right you have on. a bigger problem if you're warring with the creator of your life, of your soul, and he's the one you're going to stand before. If you don't have peace with him and you're not justified in his sight, I'm sorry. You have the ultimate problem because you're going to die and stand before him one day. We are not called to think as a cultural group, but rather we're called to stop and think biblically about things. The confused world wants diversity and unity, but they've never been successful at creating a system which can have both of these components because they've rejected the only institution in which this is a reality, which is the church. We have unity and diversity in our triune God, and we have it among God's people. 
God's people are unified in Christ, and we have diversity of gifts and talents. And we know that God's word is the final arbiter and does not evolve according to the culture. But God's word can be rightly applied to any culture at any time. My question is to you, are you looking to the world or to the church to have diversity and unity? Are you looking to the cultural parrots or to God's word for truth? And your answers to these questions, are they pleasing to the culture or are they pleasing to the Lord? You cannot have it both ways and ride the fence. Thank you for taking this time to stop and think about it. If you would like to contact us, please email us at stopandthinkcrew at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at www.stopandthinkpodcast.com. This podcast is listener supported by generous people like you. You can give a tax deductible donation at our affiliate ministry at www.soulfishingministries.org and click on our donate link to give securely through PayPal. Thank you for listening to Stop and Think About It. 